Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's good to be with you again. My name is Ruth Hendrickson. Today we're going to talk about finding the beauty even in the seasons when God does not make sense. How many of us need to work at finding the beauty or learn how to find the beauty in those difficult seasons where God does not seem to make sense. So before we dive into that, I want to invite you, personally invite you to visit my website, ruthhendrickson.org. When you get there, if you haven't done so already, please sign up for my email list. Again, we won't bug you, but we want to keep you in the loop. We want to be connected with you, um, keep growing together for all that God has. And so the website is ruthhendrickson.org. So R-U-T-H-H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Org. And again, sign up for that email list. And then the other thing I want to mention to you today is um, actually what I'm going to share today, portions of it are taken from one of my books. And the book is Positioned, How to Be Empowered to Walk in Your Divine Destiny. And really, that's my heartbeat to see us all walking in who God has called us to be, that unique DNA that he's put within us. It's there for a reason, and I want to see see us walking it out. So, of course, that's available through my website or on Amazon. But I just wanted to mention that because part of this is taken from that book as I was just spending time with the Lord before putting this all together. That's the direction I went. So again, we want to talk about where to find that beauty or how to find that beauty, even in the moments, even in the seasons, even in the years where it feels like God doesn't make sense. So for me personally, it can be really difficult to see the beauty of a particular situation when in that moment, God is not making sense. So how about you? Can you relate to that? Is that something that you have experienced? Are there seasons where confusion, hopelessness, discouragement, frustration actually overtake or shroud the beauty of who God is, of what he's doing, of his plans and purposes? Is that something that you've experienced? For me, it actually is. I I was at a conference quite a number of years ago and Bob Hazlett was there and he was talking about this whole concept of moving from glory to glory. And I still remember him standing up there and he has kind of a quirky sense of humor at times. And so he asked a question. He's like, okay, when we move from glory to glory, what do we go through in the middle? What does that two stand for? Okay. And he, and he stands up there and he goes, it's hell. It's hell. What happens between glory to glory is hell. And I thought, oh my gosh, sometimes isn't that what it feels like? So I sat there really laughing hysterically, but at the same time, so much to relating to what he has said, because we're everything about is created to move forward. And we're created to move from glory to glory, from the goodness of God to the goodness of God, the mercy of God to the mercy of God, to the more of God. And yet in that transitional period, it can really be difficult at sometimes. So as I was going back to scripture during one of those long middle ground type seasons, um, back in 1999, God took me to Isaiah 54. And I actually would, when God really highlights a verse to me at a specific time in life, I'll actually put what year it is in the margin. And, and so when I look at it, I'm reminded of the faithfulness of the goodness of the promises of God. So anyways, back in 1999, I actually don't remember what I was going through. I just know it was difficult and God took me to this. So Isaiah 54 and it's verse 11 and following, it says, Oh, storm battered city, troubled and desolate, 
I will rebuild you with precious jewels and make your foundations from lapis lazuli. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies and your gates of shining gems and your walls of precious stones. I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. So let me stop right there. Notice there's trouble and desolation. Okay, it's there. Um, this is not a season, what's being described is not a season where we feel, and just say that, where you feel like you're moving to glory and glory. It's one of those seasons where it feels like the rug's been pulled out from under or the battering ram has hit. And instead of moving from glory to glory, it can feel like we're moving from trouble to desolation. Can you relate to that? Okay. There, I have had seasons where it most certainly feels that way. The key during seasons of pain is not to focus on or actually be consumed by the trouble and the desolation. But along with that, it also means that one of the other keys is that during those seasons, we don't retreat. And sometimes the reason why we retreat is because there's so much discouragement, there's so much desolation, there's so much trouble that we actually try to, we retreat because we're trying to ease the pain. Okay, and so it's important that, that in these seasons, we focus, we shift our focus to God and rather than being consumed by what's going on around us. Now, I'm not saying that we go into denial because that's that's not healthy. We know what's going on around us, but we refuse to be consumed by or we refuse to allow it to become our focus. So we're aware, but in the middle of even being aware, we're looking to a different source for the peace to come into that moment. So in Exodus, if it, you know, the whole account of the Israelite people, they've been captive in Egypt and they're being taken out to the promised land. OK, so we know that, you know, they just get out of Egypt and they're not gone very long where, of course, Pharaoh changes his mind as Pharaohs do. OK, and so what happens is the people have been journeying along, but the Egyptian army is coming up behind them to take them back into captivity. But what's in front of them is they're looking at the Red Sea. So again, can you see the middle between trouble and desolation? In that moment, it doesn't feel like moving from glory to glory, okay? They've forgotten about the all the plagues and all the way God protected them and the way he took them out, and the way that they plundered the Egyptians when they left. Suddenly, all that's forgotten. All Everything about the promised land and what's in their future is totally forgotten. You see, they forgot that God's moving them from glory to glory, but in the middle, there's a transition. All they can see in this moment is trouble and desolation. And Moses actually speaks and reminds them and he tells them not to be afraid that they need to stand. Just say stand. I have to stand and watch. So stand and watch. They go together. Okay, so they need to stand and they need to watch the Lord rescue them. And in with that, he tells them to stay calm. So when our focus is on the Lord and when we're standing and watching with expectation that he's going to rescue us, that he's going to get us from point A to point B, that that we're not going to get lost in this middle ground, in this fog, in this in this hell, as Bob Hazel said, that can be in the middle. What happens is there's a calmness, there's a peace. We go back to that peace that surpasses understanding that actually comes upon us and dwells us. And that also becomes a strength through which we stand because our focus doesn't shift. So a key component in our walk with the Lord is to stay calm in that space between the glory to glory, or shall I say to stay calm in the middle of what we feel in the natural realm is from like trouble to desolation. Okay, it's to stay calm, knowing that God has us, that he is our guard. With that, we allow the peace to invade, we allow it to inhabit, and we allow it to control 
our very atmosphere. And that's absolutely pivotal. And yes, sometimes it's easier said than done, but it is possible because of how God's made us, because of what he's put within us, because of that, the joy of the Lord being our strength, because of the focus when we're consumed by him, everything else gets consumed by him. Okay, so as far as looking to see what's chasing behind us, you know, it, in the natural, if you're running, you're running a race and you look behind, what happens? You actually slow down. Okay, you slow down. It's important when you're running, if you want to keep your speed up and, and you want to get where you're going, you have to look ahead. The moment you look behind, you can get tripped up and you get slowed up. And so um, whenever we turn around to try to look and see what's coming and try to figure it out, not only are we worrying about tomorrow in essence, but we actually slow down our forward movement with the Lord. You know, Isaiah 52, 12, basically B, the second half of that verse says, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. And if we were to go fully into that, that's actually a military uh, term, that rear guard, but that's the level of protection that God gives us. So Immediately, as I read that again, Isaiah 52, 12, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the Lord God of Israel will protect you from behind. So we have both angles there. Immediately, I see God like standing on the Red Sea in full command, but also standing between the Israelite people and the Egyptian army. In other words, he hems us in on every side. He stands firmly between the trouble and the desolation, therefore turning it as we're moving from glory to glory. So he's going ahead, he's preparing the way, but he's also that guard, he's that rear guard that stands behind us so that we're hemmed in to perfectly move from glory to glory. In other words, he makes it so we cannot stay in that season of trouble, desolation, or in that middle ground. He will always make it so that we can continue to move. So with all that said, have there been times when I've struggled with this? Absolutely. Um, there have been times when as a pastor, I'm speaking out the truth of the word of God. And yet on the inside, there is a war going on, man, I'm trembling. I feel like I'm on sinking sand sometimes. Haven't we all had those moments where the declarations don't actually match what's going on inside? What's coming out of my mouth doesn't match what's going on inside. But there's something about allowing the declaration of the word of God to come out of my mouth, even if I'm trembling inside, because I am declaring, I am decreeing, I am aligning myself with the word of God. I'm inviting peace to come in. I'm, I'm actually uh, telling my soul to come into alignment, telling my the fullness of my being to come into alignment with who my God is and what his word says and who I am to him. All of these things I'm, I'm coming into alignment with. Now, let me give a warning because when we allow the trembling to be the focus and the controlling factor, and we speak from that place rather than the fullness of who our God is, then we will see only the gloom, the despair, the hopelessness. We'll see hell, basically. We'll think that there is no hope. We minimize who God is. We min minimize who we are in his kingdom and here on this earth. We are stripped of the authority that we're to carry rather than bringing peace, rather than bringing creative ideas, creative solutions, rather than understanding that there is glory, that God's got us behind and he's already gone ahead and he's moving with us. We can get trapped in the fear and the discouragement. So again, when we declare and we speak forth from the word of God, we're not denying what is going on, but we're trusting what is going on to our God, who is fully able, willing, wants to move us from glory to glory. 
So let's go back to our Israelites and, and the Red Sea. Remember Moses, okay, they're a side leader. And so often I say to you guys that you're all leaders. You all have a sphere of influence that you lead in. That's very, very important. You all have a sphere of influence that you lead in. Okay, so here's Moses, the assigned leader, okay, the God-ordained leader. And God tells him what to do in this moment. He's, he's looking ahead as he's seeing, as he, he's hearing the, the grumbling of the people. He knows the army's coming behind. He's standing right there at the bank of the Red Sea going, now what do I do? And so he's having a conversation with God. But what happens when God begins to speak to Moses, it actually begins with a question. And God goes and says, hey, buddy, why are you crying out to me? In other words, why are you complaining? You see, I want to suggest that Moses already had everything he needed to move to the other side, but maybe he didn't realize it. Maybe he was too scared to use it. Maybe his focus was off. Maybe he had forgotten the power of God. Maybe the grumbling of the people was negatively impacting his ability to see or hear from the throne room of heaven. You know, we have to be careful who or what voices we're listening to. Very, very important. But, you know, God, so I find it interesting that God starts right out with a question, why are you crying out to me? And to me, that just says God was saying to him, you have what you need, but you need to take what I have given you to lead these people and you need to put it to use. You need to put it into practice. So why are you standing here complaining to me when you're called to lead, you're called to lead the people through this situation? Okay, that's that's who I've called you to be. So God goes on and says to him, tell the people to get moving, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Totally goes against physics. Totally goes against everything we know can happen in the natural. Since when can a stick divide a sea so the people can walk through on dry ground? It is humanly impossible. But God, when God puts something in our hand that we are to use in the middle of going from glory to glory so that we're not swallowed up by trouble and desolation, so that we walk through with a different focus, we have to be able to use it, even when it does not make sense in the natural level. And that's right where Moses was at. So in that moment, Moses had to make a decision. Okay, he could be overwhelmed by an army that was coming up from behind. He could keep looking back rather than looking ahead, feel stuck, feel stranded, feel trapped. He could be consumed or overwhelmed by the army coming along behind. He could look at the sea in front of him and say, what good is a stick with this huge body of water in front of me? There's no way we're going through here. He could have been consumed by the impossible. He could have been swayed by the people's fear, let the popular opinion rule. He could have called a board meeting and took a vote to see what they were supposed to do in this situation. We all know how that probably would have worked out, right? Or Moses could come into alignment with God and use the very tools that he was given. Okay, what were those tools? Number one, he had a history of God's faithfulness. You know, think about the burning bush experience. Think about all the plagues. Think about the conversations he had with Pharaoh. Think about him watching the people, um, the Israelite people, not experiencing the plague. And yet the Egyptian people, he would have seen all those plagues. And yes, he would have seen Pharaoh changing his mind time after time after time. And sometimes when we see things like that, we still have to weed out the faithfulness of God or um, the, the human realm, again, can consume us rather than being consumed by what God did. So it could be easy to go and say, well, you know, the magicians, you know, their staffs turned into snakes or this, that and the other thing, rather than, wow, look at what God did. 
but again, he had, he could look at the faithfulness of God, the track record that God had, how he had taken the people right out of Egypt, how he had protected them, the promise, the assignment that, that Moses had to take the people into the promised land. So he had, you know, he could look at all that. He could focus on that. He had that, the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. The other thing he had was a stick, just a stick, just a stick. But you know what? A stick given to us by almighty God is so much more than just the stick. So Moses had to learn and lean into the faithfulness of God, look at the sea and take authority of it over it using what? The faithfulness of God, the command of God, and honestly, just the stick. No different than when David went up against Goliath, also in the Old Testament, and he used the stone, a stone propelled by the power of the Holy Spirit can take down a giant. A stick propelled by the power of the Holy Spirit can part the sea. Okay, which moves us from glory to glory. But in between that journey, we can hit some seemingly difficult times. One of the, this is a quote out of the book that I mentioned earlier, my book position. It says, often at the point of our greatest pain, frustration, discouragement, or failure, is when we attempt to live in the past rather than positioning ourselves to move forward into the future. We must learn to take the tools that we have and trust God to use them in ways we never imagined, even if that tool is only a stick. Now, with that, as we wrap this up, I want to say one thing. Some of you guys, you know what those tools are. Like, you know you're holding it in your hand. You just need some clarification from God. Some of you actually need to just step out and begin to use it. Like, God's just waiting for you to, to activate what he's given you. This is a day to activate, to step out and use that stick to the glory of God. Okay. But I also realize there's some of you where you're like, I don't even know what I hold in my hands. I feel like there's nothing there. And I want to encourage you, I, I know that there is something there because God has given each of his children tools that we're to use to advance the kingdom of God, tools that we're to use to move from glory to glory, tools that we're to use to become the, the men and women that God has called us to be. So if you're unsure of what you hold in your hand, I want to encourage you to just get away from the computer, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, um, get a, turn off your phone, get alone with the Lord and say, okay, God, here I am. Here I am. I'm looking at this. I feel going back to Isaiah 54, verse 11. I feel like I'm a storm battered city. I feel like there's trouble and desolation around me, around my nation, around my world, whatever. You have a promise for me that you're going to rebuild me with precious jewels. That's a promise. You're going to rebuild those foundations. You're going to make towers of sparkling rubies, the gates of shining gems, walls of precious stones. You're going to teach my children and they will enjoy peace. Those are promises from the very throne of heaven. So I want to walk into the fullness of those promises. So therefore, I ask you what I have in my hand. Your, your promise, God, is that you will rebuild. And I want to come into alignment with that. So I need to know what I have in my hand so that I can use it to to partner with you because you have created me to move from glory to glory. Promises of God are promises. We can stand on them. They are faithful. They are sure. And we have to be careful not to let what's going on around us 
dictate what those promises are, but to stand on the word of God, speak forth, decree and declare, remind ourselves, give ourselves a good talking to, and also use the, the patterns of God's faithfulness, the truth of his word, and also what he's put in our hand so that we can move forward with victory. You have something in your hand just as powerful as a stone or a stick that will part whatever's before you. It'll move mountains. It'll take down giants to the glory of God. We look to him. Lord, show us. Lord, show me. And then they have the courage, just like Moses had to make that decision to, to look like a fool by the world standards, look like a fool, take that stick, hold it up, raise it up over the Red Sea and command that Red Sea to part. Some of you have to stop worrying about what the world says, me included. I have to stop worrying about what those around me are saying. I have to focus on God and I have to go forward with his command because there is beauty even when God doesn't make sense. And in the middle of that, and the more I can learn to see that beauty, the more I will understand that he will take us from glory to glory. He will rebuild those ancient ruins. He is faithful. And then I don't become consumed by those seasons where God doesn't make sense. Instead, we become consumed by him. So again, thank you for joining. Please feel free to share this, let other people know, spread the good news. And also please, again, visit my website, ruthhendrickson.org. And I want to invite you once again, sign up for that email list. Um, if we send you too many, you can always unsubscribe. That is fully in your hands. But I want to encourage you. I want you to know you are of value, that you are special to the Lord, that you he has plans and purposes for your life, and you were created to walk into them. And you will not fall short, that you're going to be raised up. You're going to walk into the fullness of the plans and the purposes and the destiny that God has just for you. Be so blessed and have an amazing day. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.